What's up guys, here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 105, here with my guy, Bretson. Mm. How are you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Uh, let's pour one out for Arsenal's pursuit of the Premier League title. Uh, may they bounce back and try again next season, mm. but when all is said and done, uh, it, it was a tough one. We'll talk about it more, uh, but <laughs> I don't mean to get things started off on a negative light, but hey, it was a hell of a run for Arsenal, um, and for it to end at the hands of Brighton only makes me a happy person. <laughs> um, but anyway, I gotta say, man, uh, we've got we've got second legs coming up. We've got so much, uh, so much football on the horizon, and then the transfer market beyond that. Uh, you gotta be like one busy and two more excited than ever. I gotta be. I gotta be because this Champions League is not disappointing. The Premier League's no. unbelievable. There's a Bundesliga title recently in the running. There's a Primera Liga. Big match next mm -hmm. weekend between Sporting and Benfica, okay, which can be decisive. And Benfica wins the title in Sporting's house. That will be yeah. bold. We're going to talk about everything in this podcast. But don't forget yeah. to like episode 105 and go bold in the comments section. Because I'm about to go bold with some stats here. <laughs> Holland, you said start on a negative with Arsenal. I totally understand. High expectations, Arsenal fans. Yeah. Had this season but arsenal will be the only team in london in the champions league next season chelsea disappointed mm. and tottenham mathematically cannot go to the champions league very disappointing for a legend like harry kane like harry kane yeah. not to go oh yeah. mm. I gotta mm. say, but uh, mm. yeah, but Champions League predictions that's our first topic yeah. here on episode 105 so put down below your predictions for the UEFA Champions League because the semifinals didn't disappoint Bretson, right? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. And it's just leg one, so it's just beginning. We know the true fun always happens in leg two. Uh, but with the away goals, right, being kind of wiped away, it makes things extra, extra interesting here. Um, and and I, I don't have many changes here, mm. Alex. I don't have many changes. And, and I think we need to start with kind of maybe an open and shut one before we talk about Manchester City. But <laughs> Inter beat AC Milan to zip, right? Oh. And do you see any Raymontada? Do you see any comeback? Do you see anything on the horizon for Milan uh, that that speaks to them overcoming the odds here? Uh, because I'll be very straightforward with you. Mm. I don't see it happening. Um, first off, Rafa Leao did not lose that first leg for them. Him not being there did not lose that no, first leg key, for key, them. Key. It was concentration. It was concentration. It was the moment was too big uh, for the Rosaneri at that moment. And Inter just pounced, man. And momentum is everything when it comes to the end of the season. And I was just absolutely shocked at Milan's first leg performance. I mean, were you not? I completely agree, but I disagree. With the point that Rafael yeah. was not like the difference. Because this Asa Milan team with no Rafael has no party 100%, okay? They lost to Spezia in the league. And Champions League spots yeah. are now in risk. 
in the league. And they lose 2-0 to Inter. They need Rafa Leão desperately. One of the best wingers in the world. But about the Inter game, I want to say Inter's recruitment is out Standing just like Napoli this transfer this last summer, they Inter got Onana on a free, Inter got Zeku like for very cheap prices, Miktarian yep. for very cheap, Di Marco for very cheap. Players are absolutely crucial in this Champions League campaign. Onana can be said as the best African player, a uh, goalkeeper this season. He's got seven clean sheets. Oh, yeah. In the Champions League, he's the I think he's the first ever Inter goalkeeper to do so. So that is levels. Don't forget, as Julius Cesar was an Inter levels too with Mourinho. Yeah. But I, that's I wanted to give that shout first. No, I, I, absolutely. And and I think if we if we rewind, not even six months ago, most people would just call Inter in the transfer market cheap and unambitious and the fact that there is a ownership group that they want out of there uh because they're never going to spend money ever again right mm -hmm. well it turns out that they hit on every one as you just mentioned of their bargains of their free transfers of whatever they had to do to become relevant but i mentioned momentum is everything here okay and i do agree i just don't agree it was everything uh that rafael rafael missed and i guess if you don't have a strong offense uh, then it all comes down to your defense. And frankly, uh, you know, Inter just, they were the better team, the more incisive team. But listen, momentum is everything. And Inter have now won seven Serie A wins in a row. They've got wins over Roma. They've got wins over Juve. They've got wins over Lazio. Uh, now they've got a win over AC Milan. Um, and Lukaku just scored two against Sassuolo at the exact same time that AC Milan were walking over to the Curva Sud, which you never necessarily want to do, the ultras of the Rossoneri, and they actually had to basically have a conversation with them because they were pissed off. The supporters at Milan are pissed off because it feels like they're pissing their season away, not just for... This in the semifinals with their toes potentially in the Champions League final, but also in Champions League for next season. True. So uh, AC Milan is, it, it, they're going to have to put up or shut up because it's a very big yikes moment. And both losses j just weren't because Rafa Liao was missing. Okay, <laughs> but I get it. Because when you go from Rafa Liao, you're going to Alexis Salamakers, who's a great, he, he's a great player, but he's he's no Rafa Liao. And Rafa Liao has... Giroud needs Giroud, those balls. Yeah. Like, Rafaelio opens like, it. La Lautaro is just so on point right now. And Lukaku is scoring goals. And Onana is back to his best self. It's just there's a lot of good things that are going for Inter. Even though it wasn't going that way all season, Inter Milan will be in the Champions League final. <laughs> That's a bold statement. I still believe in Rafaelio. Please play that game and make it happen and become one of the best wingers in the world. No doubt that I think he is. But I want to say last Last mention on my end, Inter have a special squad with Onana, Bastoni, Barella, Miktarian going bold at the age that he is, and Zeku. Yeah. Zeku, that is my special mention of Inter. Edin Zeku must be mentioned as one of the most underrated strikers in the last decade. Being at Wolfsburg, yeah. being at Man City, winning titles at both, going to Roma, and now crucial for Inter too. What a career for Edin Zeko. Captain 2 of Bosnia, and he has 64 goals for his country.
for his country. Yeah. What a legend. Bosnian legend. Wanted to mention a special I, thing with him. Wanted to say that. I, I still remember Zeko and, you know, the, the transformation that was Manchester City, right? Back in a man, in, right? In that light blue. True. Uh, back in the day. And Zeko is still going. And yeah, Zeko, you could put Giroud in that underrated 11. Mm-hmm. Heck, I know we're going to be talking about Gundawan for a long period of time as well. <laughs> um, but my, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I mean, he turned it back with that one. And Inter Milan, they're just dangerous. They're it's, just dangerous right now. It's true. Um, it's true. It's true. And and I love it. I we, love it. We so. can connect here like Zeko being a Wolfsburg kind of legend with a player that left mm. Wolfsburg to Man City. And since then, it's history. One of the greatest to play this game in the Premier League. It's Kevin yeah. De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne in terms of passing, finishing, decision-making. He's one of the greatest players that Guardiola has ever had. And in the Premier League too. There's no match in terms of the composition, in my opinion. De Bruyne is inspiring the next generation and creating history. History for Man City. What my a Goal, Kevin De Bruyne scored against Real Madrid. Yeah. Needed inspiration. Rudiger went bold against Haaland, just like Ruben Dias went bold against Benzema. That needs to be talked more. And Real Madrid at the Etihad will play Alaba, in my opinion, at left back. Militao and Rudiger too, just to stop yeah. Haaland. The scenes are going to be amazing. I'm excited, Bretton. I'm excited. It, 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 it is. And of course... Of course, we couldn't have this second leg approaching without having a little drama on the Real Madrid side <laughs> because you have Carlo Ancelotti throwing Eduardo Camavinga, one of the stars of the first leg, into a rough-and-tumble game against Hatafe and almost getting injured to the point where you had 24-48 hours of Real Madrid fans' Twitter just blowing up, worried about whether or not Camavinga was going to play, and don't worry, he will play. But when it comes down to it, Eduardo Camavinga had the game, one of the games of his life, uh, for them in that first leg. And he, this is a, this is a kid at 20 that unapologetically does. He, he's very straightforward about it. He does not like left back. He does not like playing fullback. Okay, and yet he goes in there. He does that full field run, passes it off to Vinny, and Vinny, uh, you know taking a page, not really because De Bruyne hadn't scored the goal yet, but Vinny with a goal of his own, a shot, a thunderous shot from outside the box, but that goal was not happening if it weren't for Kamavinga. And my goodness, at 20, I love everything about what Kamavinga's doing. When he is given a shot for them, he always tends to influence the game. Um, And it's going to have to happen again if they're going to do this, because guess who did not necessarily influence the game in that first leg. Bezema. And Erling Holland. Oh, Erling Holland. And Bezema. But I like yeah. how you're saying yeah. about Kamavinga because Kamavinga against mm-hmm. Man City had the most duels, most chances created, most tackles, yeah. most he was the most present player. He's gonna be one of the best in the world in the last yeah. next ten years. Kamavinga in midfield. What a game. And you said too, like Real Madrid fans were massively concerned if Kamavinga wasn't gonna play the next game at Man oh, yeah. City. That shows the importance that he has for Real Madrid at only 20. He's already completed football, winning every trophy possible with the Real Madrid shirts, winning the Copa del Rey against Osasuna. That was bold too. But I got to say, 
We talk about Kamavinga, and I agree with you, one of the most important players in that in that game. But Vinicius Jr. and Erling Haaland in the Champions League, in this next game, they're competing for their Ballon d'Or position, in my opinion. It's Messi against the winner of Real Madrid, Man City, in my opinion. Vinicius Jr. versus Erling Haaland. That is the story, in my opinion. Making history at Man City. He's yeah. got 52 yeah. goals scored. And if he wins the Champions League, like, that's, I got to say, he's my favorite to win the Ballon d'Or. For me. He's got, for me. For me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm with you there. I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, okay. It, it feels, I don't know, winter 2022 does seem a little bit far away now. And now that, unfortunately, Lionel Messi is getting uh, booed quite frequently at, at PSG, uh, Erling Holland has reset... I, he has reset the mm -hmm. history books, and he has done so in arguably the hardest, t uh, hardest league on the planet, right? Mm. And on top of that, he's got a Champions League um, scoring record um, that is just uh, anyone, any good forward would wish for that would, would wish for that scoring record. So when it comes down to it, Erling Holland, in my mind, believe it or not, even without. A Champions League title, okay, mm. deserves deserves at least some of those first place votes. At <laughs> least some of those first place votes, because it, 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 what he's doing is is getting watered down. What he's doing is getting watered down. I don't care if it's Manchester City, um, you know, giving him more opportunities and he's got more big chances created. The fact that he has put this many goals away mm -hmm. um, in the Premier League, in the Champions League, uh, to be honest, I really do feel even if he doesn't win that Champions League final, that he deserves, mm. deserves uh, several first-place votes. If Vinny so, Jr. wins we'll it back-to-back, -back, if Vinny Jr. wins the, uh, the Champions League back-to-back -back with Real Madrid, he would get my first. He would get my first vote mm. in the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> and Erling Haaland, too, obviously present. Vinny Jr. in his yeah. career for Real Madrid, he's got 221 yeah. games. 59 goals and 65 assists. And in all these games, he's won nine trophies in the meantime. He's 22, and in the next 10 years, this is one of the Galactico legends. This is one of the best Galactico legends in the making. It's, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. It, it's pretty impressive. I mean, come on. What, what is it? 23, 23 goals, 20 assists this season. Yep. Um, you know, he's he's been as consistent as consistent can be, and yet... For some reason, I don't know. The La Liga, just leaving that behind, just getting that. If you, if the, mm. if not winning La Liga, was it? I don't know, man. I'm, no, I'm no, having no. trouble with it. It's not a problem. Holland is rewriting record books. Look, and he's going to continue to do so. So I, I just don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see this, or if Holland again, or if Holland is going to just break his own records every year. But my goodness, if that's not good enough to win the Ballon d'Or. Mm. beyond what Vinny do has done, which is impressive. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, record books, uh, that's got to mean something, right? Vinny Jr., in my opinion, is the best winger in the world at the moment. And if he, yeah. if, if he wins the Champions League back-to-back, -back, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I understand Haaland doing greatness, but that would be yeah. insane. Vinny Jr., this season, is making the thought of Mbappe in the future disappear. That's how special he is. And Rodrigo, too, going bold. That's mad. That, that, and Holland, too, like talking to Vini at the end. I would just love. Yeah. I would just love to know what they're talking. But <laughs> let's see. Jude Bellingham. 
Jude Bellingham going to Real Madrid, joining with Valverde, Chouameni, Camavinga. They're going to be dominating with this midfield. Champions League, La Liga, everything. So it's scary times. The future, the future of Real Madrid. Wow. Yeah, well, come come, come back at me when Jude actually signs. I won't believe it until that ink dries. I, might, I, I think Man City won't happen, definitely, dries. though. I think Man City, because yeah. the father is very against, reports say that Mark Bellingham, the father of Jude Bellingham, is very against the fact that he would go to a Man City-type team. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Real yeah. Madrid, if they're in pole position right now, in terms of greatness, like that fan that filmed Jude Bellingham, you will win the Ballon d'Or if you go to Real Madrid. That fan is the goat if it happens, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> but there, there is another team. There is another team within the Premier League that does have the financial capability to sign Jude Bellingham. Who? Um, it's just eh, Manchester United. <laughs> Chelsea too. I mean, let's be honest. Chelsea too. Uh, Manchester United no. can sign him. I don't think. You know, I, I think. I think United should be focusing on a hurricane instead. But we'll get to it. We'll get to it with the Man United song because Eric Ten Hag is doing history too. But let me yeah. get this straight. So you think in the Etihad, Man City are going to get it done against Real Madrid? I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Erling yeah. Haaland, so pole position for the yeah. Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is I, I think it's going to wind up being an Ilkay Gundogan, because um, apparently he's on a he's on a exit tour. He's on a like you know, mm-hmm. be careful what you wish for when I'm gone type of situation. Uh, but Ilkay Gundogan with the go- those goals he scored, albeit against Everton, uh, but those goals that he scored over the weekend were just absolute pearls. Um, and and he's just one of those guys that right now he seems to turn it on when they need it. And um, I think I think it's going to be Gundogan's show with Holland as a supporting cast member. Um, but they're going to get it done. Manchester City will will go to the will go to the Champions League final against Inter Milan. Man, mm, I, I, I I gotta believe in Real with Vini. Come on, Vini Junior. Benzema, show up in the Etihad and go ball in Rodrigo. Imagine if Rodrigo gets another clutch goal. Rodrigo that know, supposedly has a as a personal trainer that has uh, he has a ring. On his body that yeah. follows every single metric in his body, health-wise. That is insane. Insane. But let tell us but down below. Imagine. Sorry, yeah. But just, but yeah, I want to hear below, but like, just imagine if that happens, right? I mean, Real Madrid will essentially own Manchester City in that, in, in that essence, right? Every Premier if this happens <laughs> once again in the Etihad, in the Etihad, uh, if if Rodrigo does what he does, or it doesn't even matter if it's Rodrigo, if Real Madrid gets it done at the Etihad, it will, it could ruin Manchester City's progress. That's true. I uh, it could ruin because Pep Guardiola wouldn't be happy, and but I still think he would stay. Again, I still think he would stay Fair though, enough. because the project mm. is more than just that. No, it's gotta win the Champions League say. project. But it's, I think he's seeing the longevity potential with Man City too. But people, yeah. tell us down below what is your thoughts in the Champions League. Who's going to win it? Tell us down below. And who will score the yeah. goals? We want to see yeah. it. But I want to mention Man City in the Premier League though, Bretton. Because Man City yeah. in the Premier League are 11 games in a row winning. This is happening because you got a leader with Ruben Dias. You got Alvarez, Foden, Magis. I got to say, 11 Wins in a row and two wins. Two wins away to win the Premier League. 
Big credit to Erling Haaland for going bold with 36 goals. One of the best seasons I've ever seen in the Premier League. Especially debut. Uh, Especially debut. One of the best. One of the best. It is the best season that you've <laughs> probably ever seen. I mean, come on. 36 goals. 36 goals. And he's not even done yet. Um, I He's 22 years old, too. Mm-hmm. And it's just absolutely unbelievable. But, yes, uh, we all... We all expected this, I guess. We expected Mm. Manchester City to come on strong. I mean, we said it. I don't know how much deep down we both believed it. We thought maybe there'd be a trip up along the way. But Mm -hmm. once, once the blood was in the water after a couple of those Arsenal draws, you just couldn't see uh, a way past Manchester City, um, you know, lifting this title. Um, And and as you mentioned, it wasn't always Holland. I mean, Holland scored right quite quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned it, it was every bit that supporting cast. Grealish has stepped up. Uh, Gundogan scoring timely goals. Mares scoring timely goals. Rico Lewis dominating a Premier League midfield, uh, <laughs> albeit against Leeds United when I saw it. Uh, but it just it's, it's just remarkable um, ownership, right? Mar- remarkable personality, remarkable determination that obviously is all instilled by one person. It's distilled. It's <laughs> but- instilled by who? Pep Guardiola. <laughs> and he expects no less, and he will tell you. Um, and uh, my my goodness, it's it's been fantastic to watch, just as fantastic as it has been to watch City really show the Premier League what they're all about. It has also been uh, as tough to watch Arsenal kind of break down long-term uh, <laughs> because there are going to be a slew of people that discount the season that they've had when their season has been nothing short of of absolutely spectacular um but but my goodness Man- but, manchester city can't enough good things can't be said about them in the prem but guardiola enough it, well yeah. there i'm not don't agree with that statement that you said you know why because guardiola mm-hmm. still hasn't won a, man- a manager of the month award in the premier league it's absolutely <laughs> mad when you have a player scoring 36 goals when you're unbeaten yeah. 22 games in all competitions and Guardiola doesn't get a manager of the month award in the Prem. Madness. Madness. And I want to say, Rodri, once again, showing in the Premier League and in the Champions League mm-hmm. that it is mm-hmm. one of the best defensive mids in the world. 100% it's between Rodri and Casemiro, in my opinion. So said you, Busquets, as Rodri. It's unbelievable yeah. that he's with Pep Guardiola. It just matches the style of play. Wanted to give that yeah. special credit. Well, oh. how many more points? How many uh, po- uh, points uh, left? What's the magic number? Two here? wins Three? away. Two wins away. Two wins away. Uh, well, Six they might or oh, one okay. win or one win with this Arsenal oh, loss, right. but definitely, right. regardless of that, I really, we both agree that Man City are gonna win the Premier League. And I want to say this too. You mentioned Gundogan. Ikai Gundogan yep. was the first signing of Pep Guardiola at Man City. The first signing. And he did this. Two goals and one assist. Special game against Everton. And the two goals against Leeds. And now it's in his 1300th appearance. 1300th. That's special. The dedication he has for this club. One of the most underrated, not just German midfielders, uh, midfielders in the Premier League, in my opinion. Yep. Those two categories okay. is one of the most underrated. And I, I'm hyped if, if Gundogan goes to Barca next season. Barca have Gundogan, Frankie Neo, Pedri, Gavi, developing Pablo Torre. Ballers coming up. I'll be 
I thought Fred said Champions League. We're coming for it, Barca. What a lot. <laughs> what you don't, you don't think Gundogan's, uh It doesn't feel like it fits the vibe of Barca right now. But it, I guess, it will. You know. He'll fit. He'll be. Yeah. It, it's going to be okay. mad that some. Fa- it's. It's. Imagine Gundogan being subbed in with Agavi mm-hmm. and Pedri. The quality man t- maintains. That's what Barca need uh, if they're going to compete Champions League. But let's see. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I mean. I, I I don't know the the, the thing that mm, mm. it's going to be a new look Manchester City next season in that midfield and I mean, it absolutely is I agree I agree uh, they're going to get midfielders too yeah Jude Bellingham might not be the case but right. like Cola Bali was going to sit and then they get Ruben Dias look look yeah. look with what he wish mm-hmm. like they might be getting a, a baller underrated and now United have changed United have changed right Bretton <laughs> oh yeah. They've definitely changed. Um, when, let's see, when they get extra excited about Garnacho scoring late, mm-hmm. uh, he's, I mean, when Garnacho is the savior, right? Um, and you're in a Champions League fight. I mean, there's just a lot of pro- a lot of change that needs to happen at Manchester United that has not happened yet, mm-hmm. right? I, I know we're, we're looking at what? The, the best first year? Right, the best first year yes. for a for Eric Den Hag uh, um, in history. I think it's 39 games he's won this year, right, yes. in Manchester United history. Exactly. Okay, best Eric first de- season. That's Eric- great. I'm gonna tell you right now, to most United fans, it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> it's a rebuild, though. Eric Den Hag, yes, became the the the. I Eric Den Hag became the manager in his debut season at Man United to have the most wins with 39, but he got to yep. two cup finals. He won one of them. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the FA Cup, what happens with Man City. And he made those Not loans, happening. amazing loans with Animal Madri and Matt Diallo. He bets on Garnacho, which gets the extension too. It's the beginning sure. of a new era, a rebuild in this club. And De Gea. Uh, De Gea, it wasn't his best season of De Gea, but he's won the Golden yeah. Glove of the Premier League with 16 clean sheets. It's absolutely <sighs> mad that we can say it wasn't one of his best seasons, yet... He still has 16th clean sheets. Unbelievable. I think, yeah, it's true. And I think why some Man United fans might look at it and say, no, this is still a disappointment. Okay, 39, whatever, all competition wins. That's great. But I think some of those lopsided losses really stung people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right. It doesn't matter. You lose. It still winds up being no points garnered. Um, and it doesn't really matter how much you lost by. So it could, it is all part of the process. Um, but, but yeah, I, you mentioned, you mentioned the loans, uh, Mesbury at Birmingham. Okay, fine. I'm all right with that. The Ahmad Diallo might go down as one of the most successful loans that a Manchester United loanee has ever had. Okay. Fox. Ahmad Diallo for Sunderland. They're still going. They're still strong. They just won their first leg. Uh, in the uh, playoff semifinal, uh, promotion playoff semifinal. But Ahmad Diallo has taken on a leadership role uh, for a championship promotion contender, which is great to see. And the goals, if you have not seen them, Mm -hmm. that he has been scoring as of late have been absolutely phenomenal. And I just have to tell you, 18-year-old Garnacho on one side, Diallo on the other side, that gets me pretty fired up about a Manchester United future. Fuck. Uh, beyond, beyond an Anthony, beyond who Sancho. has kept up as of late, beyond a Sancho, okay? I think Diallo, I think Garnacho um, do have a future at Old Trafford. Obviously, Garnacho does. He just signed an, is an extension. But you know what, Garnacho, what's going to happen with Garnacho? Mm. This kid at 18 year, years old is expecting his first child. Child, okay, oh. that, 
that changes a human being. I don't care if you're 18 years old, we can argue about having a kid at 18, mm -hmm. but at 18 years old, that changes a kid. You know what it, you know what it does? It makes you want to be held accountable. It makes you want to make something of your life beyond football or to show this child exactly what you're playing football for. Mm -hmm. uh, so not to get too sentimental here as a father, uh, but my goodness, if, if, this, if this does what uh, it did to me when I had a, a child, <laughs> um, it is going to be an interesting future for Garnacho because I he's going to want to get things done. So... Love it, and uh, you're right. You're right about the loans. I didn't even think of that as an actual <laughs> Ten Hog success, but it's, it's good that you've highlighted that. And we're gonna, I'm going to highlight it for another manager. Just wait. Just wait, Bretson, because I got something so, to say with Garnacho. Garnacho did extend with Man United, and Garnacho this season has five goals for Man United. Yeah. Four of those goals have happened after the 88th minute. Clutch yeah. gene, just like his idol, Cristiano Ronaldo. So I love to see that, Alejandro Garnacho, and keep, keep going bold. And I'm, and you mentioned Amad yeah. Diallo too. Amad Diallo, free kick Golasso against Luton, 14 goals scored, 14 goals scored yeah. in this loan at, 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 at Sunderland. It's absolutely mad what this Ivory Coast winger is doing. <laughs> yeah, double-digit assists too, and, oh. and on a little tangent, I gotta say, I'm loving Ivory Coast. They're building themselves a very nice young core of players, uh, which I'll list, or maybe I'll put it in the comments below. But Ahmad Diallo is very much at the precipice of that. And I, I hope, I hope Ten Hag looks at this because Ten Hag challenged him. He challenged him. He said, go out and, and make yourself indispensable mm -hmm. to another squad. That's exactly what he's done. I mean, okay, Sunderland, even though they've had, they've been to hell and back over the last few seasons. They have one of the most rabid fan bases on, on you know, definitely in England, mm -hmm. okay? The Stadium of Light is not a small stadium, even when they were at, in League One, right? Fighting for, for survival in League One. Um, and they routinely bring out some of the most rabid uh, fans that basically tell you when you suck, and then they love you when you're awesome, right? True. And Ahmad Diallo has won them over. Uh, even in the tough spots, even when they lost a few and lost view of that playoff, uh, that promotion playoff potential, they fought their way back and Ahmad Diallo has got them on the cusp. That's what the Old Trafford needs. That's what Manchester United's faithful needs. And I hope he gets the chance and I hope he wins Ten Hag over. So, um, and it, more it's, midfielders. It's great. <laughs> and they need yeah, more, and midfielders. more midfielders. And a striker. And a striker because we got yeah. a striker that needs a home. Harry Kane. This Harry yeah. Kane has 36 games in the Premier League, 27 goals and three assists in this campaign. He deserves My a better goodness. home. And with with Man United interested, it would be mad to see this Eric Ten Hag with Harry Kane possibility. They would yeah. be title contenders with Harry Kane, in my opinion. But put and down below your thoughts about Man United. <laughs> and but before we move on with Man United, uh, because you, you mentioned the striker here, according to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, right? I'm sure you saw this. Uh, <laughs> they had every chance, right? Solskjaer, who is at mold, uh, Solskjaer was selling them on Erling Holland previous to him even winding up at Red Bull Salzburg for, I think it was about 8 million euros, yes. right? Old Gunnar Solskjaer could have had Manchester United, could have gotten Manchester United, Erling Holland, if he was just 
listened to. Instead, they were too busy spending 60 million euros on Fred. They were too busy spending, I don't know, 160 million on Alexis, Lukaku, and Matic, who... Okay, the majority of them did not wind up doing a dang thing in a Manchester United shirt. But all they had to do was pony up four to maybe eight million for a lottery ticket to purchase <laughs> a a star in the making. That yes, hindsight is twenty twenty. But if Erling Holland wound up in that red shirt, mm. my goodness, things things would be different. Things would be, be different in the Premier League. He right might now, be a right? different player too. He might have been a different he player might. too. Might have, could have gone injuries. Could have gotten because the facilities, yeah. like Ronaldo said, weren't the best at Man United. And I'll be honest, I think Erling Haaland's pathway was what makes him the player he is today. He learned at Red Bull Salzburg. He learned at Dortmund how to be one of the best players in the world. And now, in Man City, he's confirming the talent that he had shown at Dortmund. I think that was the best thing he could have done. 100%. 100%. His developmental arc has been so on point. Uh, that, to be honest, his dad deserves a lot of credit and his advisory team deserves a lot of credit because they've always, for the most part, pushed him in the right direction. Well, so that's why you're there. That's 100%. why agent fees cost like 50 million to 60, reportedly, as a lot of people suggest. <laughs> the transfer was 60 million of Erling Haaland, but the agent's fees nearly equal the same price. Nearly equal that's the same brutal. price. And with salary, it exceeded. It exceeded 100%. But tell us down below if you agree with our comments right here. But what we say Mm -hmm. about loans with Man United, we can mention two for another club. And two, at the interest of Harry Kane, is Chelsea. Chelsea have reportedly reportedly are going to get 100% Pochettino. Pochettino to Chelsea is conferred by Fabrizio Romano. And what what it would be unbelievable if Harry Kane would go to Chelsea with Pochettino. That would be mad scenes. Mad scenes because Chelsea desperately need a striker, in my opinion. And why am I saying this about loans with Chelsea? Because Chelsea are going to go through a full rebuild with Pochettino. Players being sold and loans too. In my opinion, Chelsea with Pochettino should loan Lewis Hall, Omari Hutchinson, they should, uh, Cardi Shukwameka, they should loan, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not Levi Colville, a uh, Gaga Slonina. Gaga Slonina yeah. should go on loan, Omari Hutchinson, Cardi Shukwameka, Lewis Hall to improve. If they're not going to play Fofana. first team, Datri Fofana, that's an excellent shout too. They all have to improve playing first team football like Amadiello did at a Sunderland. That's what needs yeah. to happen. And Shukwameka was showed levels. At Aston Villa. Imagine Shukwameka with Jacob Ramsey right now. Oh, I, I, I think about it not nightly, but at least weekly. Okay, <laughs> because he, he was. He was on that trajectory. Shukwameka really, really was. And I hope he gets back there. Um, but yeah, you're, you're saying all this great stuff, right? Okay, but I agree, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to have, they had previously to Tuchel, to anyone, right? Uh, mm-hmm. They've always had a very robust Chelsea loan army. It's only going to get bigger. Why? Because they signed way too many people. And now you're mentioning yet another rebuild that they're going to have to undergo after they've already brought 30-plus people into their roster. Now, Pochettino, okay, Mm -hmm. has not necessarily been a relevant coach since that, mm, okay, I get it, he he made the Champions League final. Mm -hmm. That was pretty, pretty awesome, but they weren't exactly dominant, right? But the last time that he took a team and made them look... Freaking amazing. 
it was, I believe, that 87-point second-place Spurs season that in, in many of the other Premier League seasons, Spurs would have won that year. Right, mm-hmm. they would have won that year, but not in that season. That was the last time that I remember him being, you know, that was the tippy top, in my opinion. Pochettino's also made Richie Lambert be relevant and be an English international for Southampton. So we all know where he came from. Ricky Lambert, but yeah. It's been it's been three plus years, maybe even five plus years, since Pochettino was who everybody is walking around saying Pochettino is. Mm. Okay? Is that too harsh? For me to say, because um, he's going to have to change as a manager. He is going to have to change. He's definitely going to have to change tactically, and I, I wonder what's going to happen uh, because the it seems tactically he has been passed by since his time at PSG, since he left Spurs. What was that? Three years? Not even three years ago he left right. Spurs. Three, four, um, yeah. Mourinho is in the meantime yeah. been to Spurs. Spurs ever since Pochettino left. They haven't gotten a grip. They haven't gotten a grip. And they tried Conte, but they didn't trust the man. They got to trust the next manager, whoever it is. Whoever it is. That's the man that makes the transfer decisions for the club. But you're mentioning Poch, too. And I mentioned with loans, but transfers, too. It's going to be a big transfer window for Chelsea because Ziyech will leave. Pulisic will leave. Aubameyang will leave. uh, Mason Mounts. Will leave. Yeah. Lukaku might leave. Kante. Kovacic. Like, the amounts of players that are going to leave this club, a lot will change. And Pochettino needs a clean slate. That's what needs to happen. But I'm very curious who they're going to sign. Like, they need a striker. They need a, ne- a midfielder to be next to Enzo, 100% new midfielder. And another center back. Those are the yeah, must. I, I, I get, I get all those needs, right? But like the craziest part of that is you—you you just mentioned six or seven players, and, and that's that doesn't even clear the surface. That doesn't mm. even clear the board of of necessary, I guess, dead wood you can call it, according to Lampard, according to whoever you know. But Pulisic hasn't played in yeah. in a in a long time, right? Which isn't doing his stock any hurt. It's also not doing it any good. But at the same time, like unloading, the, it, it's it's one thing to say on paper we need to unload. Mm-hmm. It's another for actually finding a market for each and every one of these I players. Think they will, <laughs> unless unless they're fire sailing, which I don't think is is a is a um, a Todd Bowley attribute. I don't think he's going to fire sale and just ship Pulisic off for twenty million. Right? They spent seventy million. Well, Christian Pulisic. I, I think that so, will happen. I think he's going to accept it. And in my opinion, though, in my opinion, well, he, I, I think you think Bowley's going to accept twenty million. I could see Chelsea. These players leaving Chelsea this summer. I could see, as I said, loans. Oh, Lewis Hall, Carne Shukwemeka, yeah. Datri Fofana, Gaga Slonina, all on loan. And Omari Hutchinson. And then I could see, mm. and um, and uh, selling Alamatsenadoy, selling Ziyech. Selling maybe Lukaku, selling, well, on a free Kante, Mason Mount. I could see definitely all these players that I referred leaving. But it's okay. interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Tell us down below well, what who do you think will go on loan, who they're going to so, sign, what's going to happen at Chelsea. <laughs> I bet I bet Pochettino signs, which it seems like he's going to. I bet James Ward-Prowse comes to Stamford Bridge. What? Hey, that would be mad. That would be mad. I still think yeah, oh, oh, I don't know though, Bretson. <laughs> I think they need a better partner in crime for Enzo. Personally. Well, I think so. Well 
Well, yeah. I, I don't think you need a... Mm. They, need well, a your... they need a defensive mid. If Kante ain't staying. Oh, 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 they definitely need yeah, but that's not... Ugarts very clearly all they need. I'm just talking about a history here. But I just don't... I don't see Pochettino coming in and signing Ugart. Right? And that, that actually... That what? is actually going to be... If you look at his transfer history, and I don't know how much Pochettino's uh, had ownership over his transfer history, but he's pretty bad. Like, he's pretty bad if he had ownership over it. So really what it comes down to is this 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 Avengers, you know, team of Vivelle and Stewart and some of these other guys right in the front office, mm. whether or not they've actually got their head on straight and whether or not Todd Bowley is backed out of the whole process. Uh, because they need to essentially see how Poch is going to play, and then they actually need to fill the ranks. You and I look at Ugart and we say that, but I, I don't know. Like, would Vivel would would these guys actually um, go for these particular people? I, think I mean, so. all of us sat there, and every name they started like rattling off, or like, oh, that's great, oh, that's great, oh, that's great, you know. And then it just got to a point of absolute absurdity, mm. I, and they're going to do it all over again. You know why they're going to do it all over? Uh, you know why I don't again. agree? Because they signed Andre Why? Santos for 15 million. So you're telling me they, they signed Andre Santos. They don't know about Ugart? I don't agree with yeah, that. They, they, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying that they don't know who he is, but they already signed Andre Santos. So now they're going to sign Ugart, which essentially blocks Andre Santos. No, no, no. Andre Santos is a box-to-box -box eight. Ugart is a six. Defensive mid. Different roles. Okay. I think. I, so in my, would, I think. I think. It's, it's, it's true. It's true. I mean, Ugart can play. No. Okay. But no. <laughs> he can. He can. Well, he can. I haven't seen but, him, though. <laughs> no, but I mean, listen, I, I just, I, I think a lot of what has been happening here is the actual, um, it, it, okay, Pulisic, Ziyech, a lot of the people that they've been playing are the people that they were saying that were going to get kind of crowded out uh, by these new signings. And now you've got these new signings and all the players you just talked about leaving were the players that were not the... It's very, very confusing. And it's going to happen again. So I'm just confused as to how all of this... It's not going to happen in one transfer window, 100%. right? We're, we're in agreement, right? Um, and there's not another 200, 300 million to throw around based on now everybody's eyes are on... Bowley and on Chelsea when it comes to the transfer market, especially those that want to get them. The FFP watchdogs, if there are any, right? Um, so do we really think that some big transfer kitty uh, is coming in before they have to spend quite a bit of time selling these guys? I think it's going to be more of a net selling window for Chelsea this summer than it is going to be a buying window. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree once okay. again. And I think they'll sign like three, four players. And they'll sell all the players that I mentioned previously. But tell us yeah. down below what do you think Not will happen happening. at Chelsea. Do you believe Pulisic no. will stay like Bretton? Do you believe other players oh. like will stay at Chelsea? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't agree Pulisic is staying. I think he needs to go. He needs oh, to go okay. wherever he can play. He's been, I think, you know, there's quite a few players that have been mistreated now at Chelsea. Um, but when it comes down to it, yeah, I agree that people absolutely need to leave. I just don't think it's as simple and as easy as you're making it out to be. I don't think there's going to be seven, eight players, you know, exiting right away unless, you I know, they've, so. they've got... Okay, all I right. I think so. Well, and even Tiag Silva, let's, too. Let's find out. Just want to say to I mean, the they, listeners, too, when Pochettino yeah. went to PSG, he, he one of his first decisions was to let go of Tiag Silva. 
that happens. Yeah. Don't be surprised if it happens once again. I don't want it to happen because he's got one more year left. He extended, but it could happen. Let's wait and see. Tell us down below what you think will happen at Chelsea. But the, we talked mm. about, if we spoke about Man City, it's inevitable mentioning Arsenal. Arsenal, that Arsenal causes heartbreak, especially at the end yeah. of the season to all their fans. But by no means, it's a disappointing season, in my opinion. And a philosophy has been implemented by Arteta, and he's only like two, three signings away of winning the Premier League. We all feel it and we all can see it. Trust the process, Arsenal fans. Highest expectations they had for this league. Oh my days! Especially at the start. Yeah. And Brighton, Those man. draws, man. Hey. Those draws. Yeah. But, lo I mean, losing Zinchenko, losing Saliba it, it, for the rest of the season, it just... I don't know. It's it's as if every all the wheels fell off or started to fall off at the exact wrong time. Um, and it, it, you know you got a lot of people that are like saying we knew it was going to happen, um, but it was only a couple months. We, we thought they were flying high, but yeah, 2023 safe to say is not gone as Arsenal has planned. Um, True. And I I I I wrestle I wrestle with this. Hmm. Um, do we feel like they are just going to come out of the box as contenders? uh yes. next season as the rest of the league uh starts to one learn how to play them uh two starts to fight them in the transfer market and and definitely bid up because they have bet bigger economic uh ability than them it's going to all come down to whether or not they can scout the proper players um and not get sucked into you know a, a bidding war but i am i am I am not sold on the fact that Arsenal are just shoe-in uh, contenders next season. Well, it, I agree. It all depends with the transfers completely. If they get the transfers right, though, like, Bretton, imagine if Arsenal gets Ronkensil, Declan Rice, mm -hmm. and another quality winger. Would you put them yeah. as title contenders for next season? Uh, yeah, yeah, mm, yes. I, I, mm. I don't Look. know. <laughs> it would I be. Know. I mean, listen, listen. There's going to be a reversion of the mean on some of these. I mean, do we really think Granit Xhaka is going to have another, nope. you know, great for okay. his time, for his tenure? Do we really think he's going to have another great season? Is it going to be Jorginho stepping into certain boots? No. Uh, Jorginho, Jorginho hurt Chelsea more than he helped Arsenal. Uh, right. I agree. We know I that. agree. Yeah, but that but, exists. Okay. But I don't want to yeah. say about like I. I really think Xhaka. If Arsenal are going to win the league. It's with Shaka having a bench role. Max. Maximum. He cannot start. A player like Aishiro. A player like Declan Royce. A, a players, box-to-box, -box, proper players. They would make a huge difference, in my opinion, to this Arsenal team. But if Arsenal spend $70 million on Cancelo and $100 million on Declan Royce, I do think they're overpriced transfers. I would pay max sure. Declan Royce $80 million and max Cancelo. 50 million maximum but if they get these yeah. two players they would be two great signings but a hundred million for Declan Rice and a player too much. reported by Sky like that is that is overpriced 100% when you have Jude Bellingham going for the same numbers what is the price on Kamavinga Pedri and Gavi if Declan Rice is leaving yeah. for those numbers Matt well, they're unsellable yeah they're <laughs> exactly unsellable. I, I, and, and that's that's what this market has kind of come to and that's kind of when it comes down to it, it doesn't seem like Arsenal is going to... No. This is based on a very limited Arteta, you know, uh, transfer window kind of history. Um, 
uh, I, I just don't see them getting sucked into or, or doing that FOMO thing where you have to spend $100 million, um on one of these players. And I'm worried for if they do. Um, but I also know that they need to strengthen. I mean, there is an arms race. Mm-hmm. There is definitely an arms race in the Premier League, and Arsenal's got to keep up, but they've also got... I don't know. So it really does. It comes down to that <laughs> transfer window. It comes down to the ethos. It comes down to them staying healthy at the right times. Um, and they need another game changer. They also need somebody to push legitimately push gabriel jesus at the top true they do and the center 100 percent do not holding yeah they need more and options I'm gonna say, oh well def i know i know everybody has kind of demonized holding but yes they absolutely need another center back but i i'm gonna say something that might sound a little nefarious here mm. i don't think Balogun is that guy to push jesus uh and ketia very clearly is not that guy to push jesus um so yeah who do you bring into the market but the market being the striker market is so um, few and far between that it is going to cost to get a legitimate contender with Gabriel Jesus. Yeah. It is either going to you're going to have to have lightning strike twice and find another Martinelli for seven million in the in you know the second division or third division in Brazil, or you got to spend big to bring mm-hmm. somebody in. And I just don't see them doing that when they have glaring holes. That are mm-hmm. needed to be filled in that midfield and that center back. It's true. So, and, and you're mentioning that the name that's reportedly a lot, a lot rumored to go to Arsenal, maybe, is to leave Juventus. And before he went to Juventus, he was rumoredly going to Arsenal too. It's Dusan Vlahovic. Yeah. That's the big name yeah. to compete with Gabriel Zuz, according to a ton of reports. But I still would Some... like to see Balogan getting a chance. Personally, I believe Balogan can make something happen. Better than Eddie Nketiah? I have my doubts. But if it's Gabriel Zuz, Balogun, and Nketiah, I understand your doubts, Bretton, because they're not Erling Haaland. They're not Benzema level. They're not Lewandowski. And you need a big-time yeah. striker to have a big, big world-class team. I agree. But loans yeah. to a Balogun. Nuntavaj. Lokonga. I'm very interested to see what, what, what's in the, the mind of the Arsenal board with all these players that are on loan. Will they sell them? Or will they invest in them in the first team? So let's wait and see. Uh, Cedric, he's going to go. <laughs> Cedric, he's going to uh, go. But we're mentioning Arsenal. Was... Like, yeah. they lost 3-0 to a team that is not a fluke, in my opinion. Brighton no, is sir. here to stay. The recruitment is on point. And look at the multiculturalism in this team. Mitoma of Japan, Equatorians, Moises Caicedo, Estupinian, Enciso Paraguayan, Buonanote, McAllister Argentinian, and then you have even Levi Colville English. Like, it's unbelievable to see what the Zerbi is doing, and they deserve what is happening. Again, I'll say it, the best recruitment in the Premier League. Brighton. Yep. Brighton. <laughs> they they are well on their way to to European competition. Um, I, yes. And 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 they're they're completely a worthy squad to to do it. Uh, they they also got some you know they've had some nasty games in there, right? What mm-hmm. was that uh, against Everton? Uh, <laughs> Everton needed that, but Brighton, my goodness, to bounce back True. and win win three nothing at the Emirates uh with Julio and Cizo, Denise Undav, guys that weren't even really scoring goals for them all season. Mm-hmm. Uh with Caicedo working from right back again, with Billy Gilmore in there, a, a cast off at oh. Chelsea, uh working in the midfield. Um it, it's just it, it goes to show you that there's a system. It's not quite in interchangeable parts, but people do know what they're supposed to do. Uh <laughs> and that is really important. And then yes, the transfer window is all about 
uh, value. It's all about finding and unearthing and giving people the chance to get it done. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I know you've said this before, but mm. for me, even though Evan Ferguson did not score today for Brighton, <laughs> there is something about his physicality. There's something about him that is just so close to clicking from yes. a world-class perspective that, <laughs> that you just you see it, and I don't really know how to like talk about it well. Uh, but Evan Ferguson could be uh, one of the better... Uh, obviously Irish strikers, but one of the better, you know, definitely one of Brighton's best youth products of all time or the best youth product of all time at Brighton. And I know, and it's really, really interesting. I want to see him get a full season under his belt um, and, and, and get, and continue to get some of the service he's gotten. But some of the stuff that he was doing to those Arsenal center backs, it was beautiful to watch. And, (laughs) We'll see, dude. I, we'll see. I, I, and I to it. go with what you're saying, Brighton's recruitment is the best in the world because in terms of nationalities, they have the most potential-wise. Aye, Brighton's mm-hmm. recruitment's on point because the players with the most potential for Ireland is Evan Ferguson. The player with most potential for Ecuador is Moises Caicedo. For, for Japan, you could say Mitoma25 is showing mad potential. And most potential yeah. for Paraguay, Julio and CISO. All these Absolutely. players are the leading players in their nationalities, and they all play at Brighton. At Brighton. I, I, just, <laughs> I only wish, right, and yet Kendry Paez, one of the brightest next Independiente del Valle stars to come out of Ecuador, mm-hmm. right, is going to Chelsea instead. <laughs> and, and it pains me. It pains me. It pains me. And I, I go to Brighton. Go to Brighton, uh, you know, you'll he'll he'll play. He'll it's play true. at Brighton. And he'll get brought along. And I get Caicedo might not be there mm. when he's there. But Kendry Paez, I mean, that's you know, Chukwameka, I bet you send him on loan to Brighton. Brighton will make him a star. <laughs> Look at Levi Colton. That worked out. Exactly. That worked out. But when I know they I think he will be a big talent in midfield. Yeah, I have high expectations for him. But mm-hmm. even if when I know they doesn't work out. Because McAllister's leaving, Brighton have a backup plan. They're bringing James Milner and the Hood in this summer. And they still reportedly signed Jean-Pedro too. So Brighton are already attacking the transfer market. It's absolutely mad. Mad what they're doing. 37-year-old James Milner. Oh my goodness. Which will lead by example at Brighton. Which I believe will be a fantastic signing. Guy Shadow learning from Milner. Like the physical body Mm -hmm. on him. Like the shape. Mm -hmm. He must be a perfectionist, James Milner. So great signing in my opinion. Like, but but the, the, just the most the, the most wacko thing to even think about is that one of the most effective players still, mm-hmm. still for Brighton this season, has not been. We we mentioned McAllister, we mentioned Caicedo. It's been Solly March, right? Who has been there for them through thick and thin, through true. promotions, through the toughest times. Um, and it, it just goes to show you that that it is the system that is bearing the fruit uh, and also this commitment to the youth. And mm-hmm. okay, you, you mentioned Milner, you mentioned Dahoud, great. But as depth, as you enter into potential European competition, they will be absolutely insanely vital to them uh, for sure long-term because these these young guys can't obviously play 50-plus games if they're going to go into, whether it's the Conference League, whether if it's the Europa League, um I just, I love to see this story and then long may it continue. Let's it's, it's wait and see. see. But tell us down below, do yeah. you believe in the Brighton Project like me and Breton? 
Tell us down below what do you think mm-hmm. will happen. Yeah. Bold mentions here. I want to say because we have a segment here on the podcast. I want to mention beforehand. Feyenoord mm-hmm. has become Eredivisie yeah. ta- champion for the first time in six years. Feyenoord win the championship because of Ardeslot, unbelievable coach, Orkun Koksu, legendary mm-hmm. captain, and Santiago Jimenez, Jimenez going bold at striker. Unbelievable team. And like I got underrated mentions through Gertruida, Shemansky. A lot of players had a a big impact for this Feyenoord team. So I want to give a big credit to them. (laughs) Santi Jimenez, okay. Nine consecutive Eredivisie matches. He has now scored in 10 goals over that time period. If it was not for Santi Jimenez, Feyenoord would not be winning this Eredivisie title. (laughs) Feyenoord would not have made it as far as they did in the European, uh, in the Europa League. Okay, and and think you've got Yuri and Timber over at Ajax watching. I believe his brother, right, mm-hmm. win the Eredivisie title. Quinton Timber. No, but you you mentioned some underrated shouts. Yes, you mentioned Arne Slot. You mentioned Santi Jimenez. You mentioned uh, Orkin Koksu, right? But um, you got Matt's <laughs> twenty. Igor Paishao has been absolutely lights out for them. But Matt's Matt's Weifer, the midfielder, yes. the twenty-three-year-old midfielder, midfielder has been so insanely crucial to them um, that it earned him a Oranja call-up, right? And I, I believe a subsequent cap. This kid was a, a virtual unknown previous to this. Okay, he was a virtual unknown, and he's only twenty-three years old. And then you mentioned one center back. David Hanko is the other one on the other side of that, who I believe is 25, 26 years old. And if you're looking a way to instantly uh, strengthen your center back core next season, um, why not go for David Hanko? Right. And I could see a team, I could see like a team of uh, West Ham United or somebody of that stature um, getting Hanko next season if Feyenoord um, dismantles after this but like they've won 12 straight man and they only have one loss this season to psv in september so Feyenoord, congratulations it is you have been fun to watch this season um you are uh i don't know either manchester city is the Feyenoord of the premier league or Feyenoord is the uh manchester city of the Eredivisie. i don't know no, but it no, has no, no, been no. great to watch this season <laughs> just this season alone oh, we're okay, talking okay. about consecutive <laughs> Consecutive wins, buddy. Consecutive wins. Sorry, sorry. You're right with that. You're right with that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) But I want to mention too. Good congratulations (laughs) to Feyenoord. But I want to say Befica are close to winning the league. And I hinted at the start of this pod that Befica are going to play sporting the next game. But Benfica with Roger Schmidt sold Enzo Fernandez for $120 in January. And Roger Schmidt developed Chiquinho. That was a substitute last season in Braga and trusts an 18-year-old with João Neves. Unbelievable job by Roger Schmidt for do this. And I'll say this, João Neves at 18 is one of the best 18-year-old talents I've seen for Benfica in the last decade. In the last decade, definitely. João Neves arrived at Benfica and he's a starter. He won't leave. He won't leave. The pass, the influence, the intensity he has. He might be small, but in terms of passion, he's got a big heart in football. Watch out for Dronevsh because the potential is bold at Benfica. Bold. They can win the league. This seems to be... This seem yeah. Uh, this seems to be happening more regularly in in the Liga B win, right? Uh, You keep telling me... 
some mm-hmm. of the, some of the best some of the best young talents coming up. Uh, before it was Antonio Silva, then it was Diamande, <laughs> and now it's João Neves. So uh, watch out for who's next here. But I love that that is going down to the wire because at one point it just seemed Benfica was the odds-on winner. Um, but they they are they're back to to good form, right? I saw they crushed Porto Menense and they beat Braga I, I, I before. Love this. And they beat Braga before, okay. And this Petar Musa, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I know he's not he's not a starter, um, but he's been kind of an interesting role player for them. A little super sub, what, seven goals, two assists, and he's only got two starts this whole season? Musa is underrated, facts. Facts. But I still <laughs> would start Gonzalo Ramos every match. I trust Gonzalo yeah, Ramos, world-class potential yeah. in him. But people, yeah. this is what we're going to talk here. Last topic here in the pod. We're about to go yeah. bold with this. So please... Put down below comments about this topic because we're going to talk about our favorite Wonder Kids 11 this season. Definitely, okay? So this is the topic. Put down below who was your favorite Wonder Kid to watch this season because in this 11... I'm going to have a bit of Portuguese bias. <laughs> are you surprised, Bretson? <laughs> no, I'm not surprised, but you are allowed to have it. Okay, uh, and exactly. that's what this thats what this is for. We're talking favorite Wonder Kids here. Ones that you watch, ones that you see quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to hear yours uh, down below, whether mm-hmm. it's breakout stars, people you expect to break out next season. I mean, th- it's a broad topic here. So you are allowed as much bias as you would like, Alex. <laughs> but I don't have an American in my 11. I will Ooh, I will be up front. You, you, I, I'm the biased one here, as it seems. <laughs> I'm going to say mention, my 11. <laughs> Actually, I do have, I'm sorry, I do have an American. Yes. Well, I have a couple, I have a caveat. Okay. Mm. My caveat is, is nobody's over uh, 19. Okay, these are all teens. Okay, so that's one. I do have an American in it, so we'll we'll see here. And you know, goalkeeper Musa. Musa. Um, no, 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 oh. no. Uh, Musa. Musa is really. I wouldn't say he's fallen off, but he needs a new club. ASAP. Yes. He has not million. been. He has not been very. Yeah, he has not been very good for Valencia. Uh, they're going to. They'll, they'll probably save themselves from La Liga relegation, but he mm-hmm. needs. He needs a new turn somewhere else he deserves it um but musa is not world cup musa so we'll mm. see what happens there anyway my favorite wonder kid 11 of the season uh goalkeeper i'm gonna have gaga slanina just because of his mentality <laughs> um i'm gonna have left back kerkes i know you got ball day but my goodness i love kerkes he's he's purely an attacker and he's been phenomenal for azed Alkmar. um so uh, goalkeeper Slanina, left back Milos Kerkes, center back is Diamande, and the other center back is Antonio Silva. <laughs> My right back is Rico Lewis. I know he Ooh. can go anywhere you want him to go. I love his fight. I love his IQ. I love his you know mm-hmm. persistence. Uh, my midfield is. Arthur Vermeeren for Royal Antwerp. They're in first place right now, and he's a massive reason why. Scored a late game winner against Club Bruges uh, earlier this weekend. Uh, Warren Zaire Emery, I've been very straightforward about. I'm obsessed with him. Um, <laughs> my attacking midfielder is, and this was tough, Arda Goulaire because he's butter on the ball. Uh, mm. I'm only worried about his physicality, and I want to see more of Arda Goulaire in the future, and there might be a move in his future, but we'll see. My forwards are... Left wing, I've got Garnacho because he's just a, a joy to watch, okay? Mm-hmm. I loved Andreas Sheldarup before he made his move to Benfica because Sheldarup had that trajectory at Norgeland. I hope he gets back to it at Benfica. Striker is Endrick. Why? Because when he was down and he was not scoring, that kid 
it will not stop. And I hope that never stops in his career because he's going to score a lot of goals in his career. But mm-hmm. watching him run around the field, chasing it like a Jack Russell, chasing the ball like a Jack Russell Terrier mm-hmm. is why I love watching Endrick. Okay. Right wing is possibly the best young dribbler in football right now next to Arta Goulart. Mm-hmm. And that is Gianluca Prestiani, who plays Ooh. for Velez Sarsfield. He is phenomenal. If you haven't seen him, Go watch him right now. I think he's 17 years old. I don't think there are many better. Yeah, I don't think there are many better dribblers. And I mentioned a lot of smaller kids. Okay, Mm -hmm. why? I'm a I'm a small guy. When I play on the field, it's me running circles around you, even though I have little to no uh, technical ability whatsoever. Okay, and I have nothing else to offer but the fact that I can run forever. Literally everyone on this. Everyone on this except my center backs mm. are are like engines. Like Zaire Emery, not a big guy. Goulet, not a big guy. Garnacho, not a big guy. Endrick, I love these players, and I'm you know going to be watching them in the future. But there's so many that you could put here. Um, <laughs> you mentioned I, Malvin. I, I, love, I want yeah. I, I, I say Nunminj because Nunminj is my favorite left back in the world. Special player. Yeah. Seeing him at Sporting yeah. when he was 17, I just love him. Yeah. But I say the same about Gonçal. I've watched Gonçal play since he's 17-2. And Gonçal Rems, yeah. by no surprise, is the top goal scorer in the Portuguese league with 18 goals. He deserves everything that is coming from him. Work ethic, talents, and dedication. Gonçal Rems yeah. is the real deal. He's the real deal. Whoever gets him is lucky, in my opinion. Gosal, but continue. Gosal Remsch. But I put Nun Minch, but I wanted to say Alejandro Balde, though. I want to give a credit to Balde because it's mad that Xavi Ball has Balde, Pedri, and Gavi winning the league, and the max age is 20. These players are starters, and they win the league. Xavi, thank you for trusting the youth, and keep. Keep going bold because in the Champions League yeah. we will do that with these type of players. Want to give those special shout? Want to say? And that. the whole reason I shouted out Kerkes was because I thought you were going to pick Alejandro Balde. Um, <laughs> and I know, I, I know your heart, Alex. I know. I mean, you've been nothing but high up even before, even when he was making his first starts. Mm-hmm. You were pretty high up on Alejandro Balde. Um, and I've got a couple others here, right, that, mm-hmm. you know, Rico Lewis, I don't think people are giving him enough credit for kind of uh, kind of ensuring the trajectory of the season. I know Pep Guardiola is, is definitely giving him his credit, but, like, mm-hmm. his poise, his general, like, versatility, um, I don't know where his future lies. It lies probably in the midfield, and you know, and maybe Gundogan leaving. Maybe they feel comfortable. You never know. But it is a testament to, to, okay, Rico Lewis gives City Academy stars, City mm-hmm. Academy players, another, um, another uh, hitching post, right? Uh, Phil Foden was it before him, but he's kind of like, he's ancient news, right? He's still Phil Foden. He's kind of lost his way this year, not really, but he's kind of not as relied upon as we all kind of expected him to be, I guess, at least in 2023 so far. Rico Lewis is like that next one up that ties City's Academy success because they've had a lot. They won their Premier League too. They've won the U18 Premier League. They've got guys like Carlos Borges coming through. They've got some phenomenal talents coming through. Rico Lewis is that next kind of hope that somebody can break through Pep Guardiola's, um, you know, hesitance Mm -hmm. to rely on academy players. And I I hope it continues. So Rico Lewis, I think, just deserves so, so much credit. Um, With that said, Mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I said Antonio Silva, and I want to put this on tape. 
Only Jorge Guardiol, yeah. under 21, is the only centre-back yeah. I would pick ahead of Antonio Silva. Antonio Silva huh? is destined for greatness, people. And if you don't remember his name, please do. He was key for Benfica beating Juve and PSG in the Champions League. Please, like yeah. Nunez, I said in the past, remember Antonio Silva. And João Neves is just getting started at Benfica too. Start bench cell gonna... with Scalvini, Antonio Silva, and Levi Koval. I would start Antonio yeah. Silva. I would bench Scalvini, and I would sell Levi Koval. All three are amazing, uh, but I would do that. Yeah, I would do that. I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned Scalvini. But listen, here I'm going to say something that is uh, I'm purely purely biased here. Mm. There is a young center back that will be coming to Benfica relatively soon. His name is Joshua Winder. Winder. I, yep. I 100% hope Antonio Silva better be ready to impart uh, <laughs> all and any knowledge uh, to him uh, because he he has all of the physical capabilities. I mean, he's kind of Usmane Diamande in that, in that type of regard. Um, and he's working on all the other stuff. He's a decent ball player, um, not as good as, you know, Diamande is for mm -hmm. sporting. Uh, but Antonio Silva, it, just give him everything you can. Give him <laughs> everything you can because he's a young kid going over there. He has not even played at ma in Major League Soccer. He is He's in the USL Championship playing for Louisville City. Um, so be. he's making... He's making a leap. Yeah, he will. But I'm just, I'm hoping that some stuff rubs off on him, right? <laughs> Come on, Antonio Silva. Give him what you got. But I, other mentions because before we you know, say, move on. Why yeah, do I sorry. say he'll play Befica B? Because Befica have Morato still there. They'll have Tomás right. coming back from loan at Juve since. Very good loan. Right. And Antonio right. Silva too. But Vinder, yeah. excellent player. Very fast, I've seen, yeah. and physically strong. Mm -hmm. So great mention, yes. Bretton. Great mention. <laughs> Uh, so a lot of these players, I, I do have to say, you know, we've got the U20 World Cup coming up. Okay, mm. there's a there's a there's a problem to this U20 World Cup, which I believe starts May 20th. It is not an official FIFA window, mm -hmm. which means that my goodness, the list of players that will not be at this U20 World Cup uh, is about as sad as the list of seeing all the U23 uh, studs on Southampton uh, that uh, <laughs> or have just recently been relegated. Um, but I'm trying to find the list here so I can give you a really good one. But listen, not going to the U20 World Cup, mm -hmm. Endrick, too important for Palmerish, Vitor Roque, Angelo Gabriel, Alejandro Garnacho, Buonanotte, Prestiani, Tell, Cherky, Due, Eliwahi, Malo Gusto, Zaire Emery, Jean Duran from uh, from Colombia, Bino Gittens, Lewis Hall, Oscar Glauk for Israel, Ricardo Pepe, I have to throw an American Ooh. in there. Um, there are so many that are not going to be there um, that... There's still going to be some really good ones. There will be new <laughs> stars. But ultimately, um, there won't be solace because it, there will be solace for some of the European stars because the U21 Euros, they might wind up on rosters there because the season will be over. But it just stinks because the U20 World Cup, if you look back at, back at it, historically speaking, um, that's where you uncover some of the best stars True. on the planet. So it is what it is. Um, but I am going to be watching all the, all, you know, we'll discover others. We'll discover we'll others. Discover others. It'll, it'll we'll discover show the opportunity to others because a lot of those but, players we already know, <laughs> but like France, France is sending like a C team. They're yeah. sending a D team, Man, which, is, which is hard. Not it's heartbreaking. There. Oh my days. How is that possible? That's mad. Like it's mad. Bayern doesn't need them. Like, but you know what pisses me off about the Bundesliga race right now? Hmm. Right now, Dortmund is scoring for fun. 
No. They just crushed they crushed Wolfsburg. They crushed I mean, every team that they've played essentially since that Bayern loss, that four to two loss, they've crushed. But it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> they're already one point down below flipping Bayern. And Bayern's doing everything they need to do and they're gonna win this thing by one point. It <laughs> but, just But makes my me last angry. Wonder Kid that I'm gonna mention here in our favorite Wonder Kids eleven that Great 11s, yeah. great 11, Bretson, I wanted to say. Comment down below, okay. people. Your 11s down at home. It's Jeremy Doku. Please. Jeremy Doku with five goals, three assists in the last 10 games. I'm absolutely sure Jeremy Doku next season will be going bold. One of the best Belgian talents it. out there. Wanted to say that. Absolutely. Wanted to say that. Absolutely. But again, if All you're right. listening until now, do not forget to like this video, episode 105. People, go bold in the comment section too with all the topics of Champions League, Premier League, Eredivisie even too, and obviously this Wonder Kids 11. Thank you. Yep. Thank you so much for listening until now, people. And thank you for going bold in episode 105. <laughs>